Welcome to track number two of Strive Lawfully for a Mega Church. We are improving and we are rising. Amen. Amen. So I am beginning the, uh, our sessions here with this rising of the shepherd. Amen. And, um, and I believe that as we rise into all that God has planned, we will never be the same again. And I'm, this particular uh, teaching or message is more of a visionary message in the sense that I want you to get the vision of what you are supposed to aim at. Amen. Do you understand what I'm saying? What you are supposed to aim at. How high you are supposed to aim. How far you are supposed to go. Hallelujah. Alright. So, remember, marital commitment, especially, is the type of commitment where misunderstandings happen. Hurts occur. The Bible says, because many, sh- many shall be offended and many shall fall away. Always when people fall away, usually somebody is offended somewhere. And what we are saying is that in a family, there are problems. There are heads. Are there not problems in your family? How many have got family members who are not talking? In your family? Especially a particular tribe. I don't want to mention the name of the tribe. Germany. Okay. And they have a lot of uh, this one does not talk to this one, this one does not talk to this one, this one is annoyed with this one, and so on. But what we are trying to say is, uh, even though that happens, they are still members of the same family. It doesn't change that basic fact. And you may, at least if you consider marriage the way we are considering marriage, it is a permanent locking. And when we are permanently locked, it makes us free. I tell you, we are all free. Everybody is free. Hallelujah. And then we are free to share. We are also free to give. We are free to go all the way. We are also free to go all the way. We can solve problems without fear that this problem, if we don't solve it in this way, this is what is going to happen. Hallelujah. So decide to be committed in Ghana, outside Ghana. In school, outside school. If you are in secondary school, I don't know if there are any secondary school people here. Are there any secondary school people here? Give me a rise of your hand. Okay, just a few. If you are in secondary school, all our secondary schools have got Leadership International. Leadership International is the name of Lighthouse Chapel International Youth Church. If that is not the name in your, your church, then change it from today. It's Leadership International. That is the youth. Now, we are starting Leadership International in all secondary schools in Ghana. So, it is going to stand neck to neck with SU. Amen. Just as SU have done a lot, I am a product of SU. And therefore, Lighthouse is a product of SU in that sense. You understand what I'm saying? Yes. And I'm saying that it's a good thing and we also want to now try and do such a good ministry. Amen. So we are going to be in all secondary schools. So any member of Lighthouse, if you are in 
a secondary school, you must join LI or form LI. Amen. Amen. Leadership International. All right? And you must help to establish it. That is the non-situational commitment. And it is very crucial and important for us to be able to move on. Amen. So, whether at home, at work, at school, travel, here, there, whether there's a lighthouse church or there's no lighthouse church, your mind is, I am in the thing. And because you are in the thing, you help people to come there. There are members, when we started our church in New York, it was a brother in the church who was my friend, who said, I can stay with him. So I stayed in his house. And then uh, Pastor Eddie also came after and stayed in his house. For months, we stayed in his house. We ate his rice. We ate his stew. We ate his bread. We drank his tea. For months, establishing the church. Because there's a lighthouse member who wants the church to be in his town. I hope you understand what I'm saying. Yes. And through that, today, there is a large lighthouse chapel international in America. And now branches are springing up all over the place. Because of one person's marital commitment. Because one person decided that his commitment is not going to be situational. It is permanent. And I want it to be. And by the time you finish, you, you flow in that type of commitment, you realize that the work of God is spreading. And let me tell you, anything you do for the kingdom of God, you are going to have your reward for it. So don't think that, oh, I'm just uh, making the... Uh, Bishop uh, Proud, if I uh, help the church to come in. No, don't think you are doing something for me because I am not doing my own thing. It is the church. We are building the church of God. And the church is not my personal property at all. In fact, such that we are trying to establish the church so that the church works with me or without me. We have a constitution that tells us how the church is supposed to be run what is supposed to happen supposing i am dead and i'm not around then this is the next thing that is supposed to be done and so on and so forth these things are all clearly spelled out we are running the church as though you know it's not one particular person who has to to be there because we are not building a, a club for me we are building the church and you realize that even the church of Pentecost, before james mckeown went to be with the lord James McKeon is the founder of the Church of Pentecost. You realize that he had even handed over certain things, if I, everything virtually, and he was just attending the church. So he, he, he was not even actually leading the church when he died. And so you realize that when he died, you know, the church just continued functioning normally because it's not one person's club. That is exactly what we are trying to establish here amen. amen so see yourself as being part of something great that god is doing and be proud to be able to be a foundation block for lighthouse to move to a place where it is not today because one, one of the things that god does is that he opens doors for people to travel to certain places or he opens doors for people to move to certain corners and he causes them to go there because we are very the whole church is very fluid today you are living here tomorrow before you realize you are living somewhere else 
So when you have that type of community, you realize that through you, the church is just flowing into corners where the church would never have money to send somebody. Now you must know one thing that all the churches that we start, we don't use most of the church, we don't use money to send people to those places. We don't send, we've not sent anybody to Italy to go and start a church. We've not flown anybody from Ghana. We have never been to Italian embassy to go for visa. It's just there's a, there is a brother there who was in the church years. He used to sew uh, clothes for me. He was, a, he was a tailor. And he managed to go to Italy for years. Every time he would send his first event. When is Lighthouse going to start? When he wants Lighthouse to come? And now Lighthouse has begun in Italy because of this boy. Amen. So, ladies and gentlemen, and I remember he sold for me a certain brown that I wore it when we were moving from the canteen to uh, the cathedral. You know, and you realize that such a person is dead committed. And that is the type of... And through that, the church of God spreads. And somebody say, ah, but there is no need of any new church in those towns there are churches there it's not true you see let me show you many people are young now who are growing even people abroad there are people who have been in america for years but now there are more people who are going to america every time people's children are getting green card say children people's children are getting green card people's uh, uh, relatives are going uh, they are doing the lottery more people are going and people are also in being born again, they are, the planes are full every time. I was talking to uh, one of the people who works for Ghana Airways. He said that when the plane is going from Accra to New York, it is so full that they cannot fly directly. They have to go to Senegal and go and park there and refuel so that in case the plane gets lost on the way, they will have enough fuel to reach America. But the plane, the plane is heavy, full up, every day since some months ago. Swiss said that crash is still now full. <laughs> full always. I asked a brother, he traveled recently on Swiss Air, and he told me the plane was full. I said, so how was the flight? I said, everybody was talking about the accident when they were in the plane. <laughs> so people are moving, 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 and many people who leave never come back. And not only that, within our own country, towns are developing. NDC is, is investing in roads to make it accessible so that certain places you, you may be transferred there. Maybe you'll be sent, sent to Nigeria as an ambassador or an ambassador's driver. It is the opportunity that you have been waiting for all this time. Amen. Amen. So let your commitment be 100% marital. Amen. Amen. Okay. Very quickly. The next one. The rise. So we are rising. The first is to rise to the lay pastor. Second to rise to the full time pastor. The next one is the rise into the specialist 
minister. The rise to become a specialist minister. Amen. Now, a specialist in one of the five offices of the ministry. There are five offices in the ministry. In Ephesians 5, I think it's verse 11, we learn it. It says, God gave apostles, that's the first office, prophets, the second office, evangelists, the third office, pastors, the fourth office, and teachers is the last office. Amen. The term I hear is the apostle because it can do everything. It can touch all the fingers. The apostle can preach, he can evangelize, he can teach, he can pastor, he can prophesy. You get it? The this finger, the second finger, is the prophet. Because he points and says, that says the Lord. This is what the Lord says. You are a sinner. You must repent. Are you there or you've gone home? The third finger is the evangelist. Because it is the longest finger that goes to the far corners of the world. To preach the gospel to every nation. Are you there? This finger is the wedding finger. The marriage finger. The pastor. He is the lover who loves you and cares for you. Are you there? And this small one is the teacher. He can go inside and bring revelations from inside and bring it out to bless you. Hallelujah. So, as we develop, we have to develop and now we have to begin to see specialization in ministry. We want to see apostles, those who are truly apostles, and people who can found churches. Now, Church of Pentecost is a church where they actually call you apostle this, prophet this. If, I mean, I don't, I don't know much about evangelism. So I was asking the leader of Church of Pentecost, how do you, why do you call some people apostles? He said, if somebody seems to have the ability to start churches, you know, then they call the person an apostle. And they pray about it. See whether it's an, there's an apostolic calling on the person's life. That is what they said. Amen. So, you may be an apostle sitting here. Now, not everybody can start a church. Not everybody. Some people have the ability to sweep the floor and create some atmosphere and some dust. Just activity and then the church begins. And some people can struggle with that for years and the church will not work. Amen. So, not everybody, but some people, when the church is working, if you put them in charge of the church they will love the church and pastor the church with all their hearts and the church will do well are you listening to me so God is saying and we realize that as we go along in Lighthouse 
we may send some people to start churches and then return and send somebody else to go and take over and pastor the church so if you are a pastor you don't have to say after me i can't be transferred because that sort of attitude is the attitude that brings orangulization when i say orangulization do you understand what i'm saying because that is one of the things that brings orangulization because you see you may realize that you have been able to do this well this one now you can move here and do this this one you can you can move here and so on so you must feel free in the church and if they call you and say okay look what have i here your attitude and response must be hey bishop or pastor or evangelist or whatever you are anything you say i should do i am ready to do it that must be your attitude if you say i should jump I will just ask you how high, how high should I jump? Now where you have made your mind rigid, as for me, I'm a choir leader. And that may also not be where you should be. Some choir leaders must learn how to usher. And some choir leaders must learn how to take offerings. And I am surprised when I ask people to do some things, they don't want to do them. Meanwhile, every job you do in the church, you learn something from it. So it's surprising to me that at your stage, when there is an opportunity to do something completely different from what you have ever done, you will be resisting it. I'm amazed. You should rather jump to say, let me try it. Because at the end of the day, you have a wide experience. If they are writing my CV, they will write, former drama of Victory Bible Church, drama, drums. Former organist of Calvary Road Incorporated. Former... Uh, uh, arranger and fixer of banner and fixer of uh, arranger of chairs for Kolebu Christian Center. Prayer secretary of Western Compound Scripture Union. Founder of Scripture Union Western Compound Assembly Hall. When I go back into my history, all those things are there. Visitor of souls. Writer of maps. I would draw maps to people's houses and visit them. All these things without being paid. But all of them have contributed to make me have more sense in the ministry. So when they come to your pastor, can they say, you know, you have been singing in the choir. I want you to try to follow up. You shouldn't say, eh. Or when they say you have been sing, uh, doing ashram, we want you to try singing in the choir. You shouldn't say, mm. Because anybody who is going to be a lay pastor, and all of you here are going to rise to that rank. You are going to need to know how to lead worship. It, it will happen. You have to sing the song. Yes. You know how you have to start the song, you know? And hope that the people will continue. What about if they don't, you know sometimes you start and they don't follow. Then you'll be hot. So when they give you an opportunity to sing, those who sing, their voices are good because they've been singing for a long time. If, even if your voice is very bad and you sing repeatedly, your voice changes altogether. <laughs> Reverend Saki, Amen. Reverend Saki used to lead praises in, in Legon. I don't know what happened. I think your voice rather came down after some time. 
Amen. So, the rise to the lay pastor. Number two, the rise to the full-time pastor. Number three, the rise to the specialist. And what are the five places you can specialize? Teacher, what does the apostle do? From the, from the hand, what can the apostle do? He can do what? All the things. He can prophesy, he can preach, he can teach. So, at a point, you don't know what is he. Is he this or is he that? Is he a pastor or an evangelist or a teacher? Or a prophet? Or an apostle? Because he can go everywhere. Depending on what the Lord wants him to do. Then what's the next one? This one. What does it do? It's giving revelations. You have seen somebody. The person is outside the country. Go ahead. Amen. Hallelujah. He points to you and says, That says the Lord. Flow. The Lord says, Flow. What is this one? Why is it the evangelist? He goes far. All the corners of the earth. Is that not so? And then what is this one? Why is he the pastor? He's the lover of your soul. He does weddings, isn't it? Marries the people and counsels them and encourages, solves all the marital problems. Amen. And then this one's what? Why is he the teacher? It can go to where? In our places and bring revelations that you have never thought about. I've never seen. Amen. Alright. So that is just quick. Now the next one is the rise to the studying pastor. I say the, the, the studying shepherd, the shepherd who studies. Now, now I am coming to a little breakdown because in order to become a lay pastor, a full-time pastor, a specialist pastor, now lighthouse shepherds are going to have to move from a certain level to another level. We are going to have to rise, and it takes something to rise, to, to be a shepherd who studies the Word of God. So, a shepherd who studies. Now, there are many people amongst us who don't want us to open the Bible. When you open the Bible and you start to teach, they are not happy. They want in Comshare. They want miracles. They want anointing oil. But I want you to understand that if you are going to rise, you have to first rise to become a shepherd who studies the word of God. Study. Study. And I want everybody here, listen, I'm going to charge all pastors. Even the pastors who have to study. And I'm going to charge all pastors to Make sure that everyone in who is a shepherd 
becomes someone who studies the word of God and studies because without it eh, we are so shallow pastor Kaka was telling me last night that uh, one of the pastors asked a shepherd about who and who Aaron and Miriam and he asked the shepherd say you know Aaron and Miriam and the shepherd said no he doesn't know Aaron A shepherd. I can only Aaron. It is serious. I said it is serious. And 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 we need to move on. And I want Lighthouse to become, you know, and when I mention other churches' names like this, you see, I'm telling you, see something in it. I mean, when I'm trying to do something, I see those who are doing it. The Baptist. Charlie, Bible study. And everyone here must begin to do Bible study. When I'm saying Bible study, most of you don't know what even it is about. Okay, how to study the Bible. This is just a quick something. Number one, acquire all the tools. If you want to rise to become a shepherd who studies, Number one, acquire all the tools for an effective Bible study. Now that is a physical step you can take to be able to become a shepherd who studies. Because if you buy the things, you get what I'm saying, you feel like a fool when you don't use them. Because you bought them, you spend money on them, and you are not using them. Okay? So I have here about seven or eight different tools that every Christian must acquire. Every shepherd in Lighthouse, standard equipment, write it down. If you have the money one day, make sure you get it. And let it be your vision. Because you all have new shoes, new dress, new this, Christmas time. Our presence must be this, must be the presence. You want to give your beloved a present or your potential beloved a present, these are the presents. Don't buy biscuit again. Don't buy orange juice, orange squash. Buy these Bible study tools. Number one, Dick's Bible. Dick's Bible. Every shepherd in Lighthouse, this is standard tools for going to war. You are going to study. How many have got a Dick's Bible? Raise up your right hand if you have Dick's, Dick's Bible. You see that most of the pastors have got, that's why they are pastors. How many shepherds have got Dick's Bible? Stand up to your feet, please. Dick's. D-A-K-E. 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 Dick's. Okay. Thank you very much, please. D-A-K-E. All right. Have you got that? How much is one? 120,000. Any brother who has a beloved and he wants to give the person a present, that is the present. And that is why there are some people in the church who steal Bibles. Somebody has stolen my Dick's Bible from me in the office. A new Dick's Bible. 
to sell. They will cut off the name and then sell it. So don't buy a Dick's Bible that you see somebody selling. Say, oh, this one, just bring 30,000 and you take it. It may be my Bible. <laughs> right. Dick's Bible. Dick's Bible. Number two, Thompson Chain Bible. They are different Bibles. Now you will notice that when I was coming for the camp, I brought there my two major Bibles. This is my Dicks. I've had it since 1988. That's when I had this Bible. And then Thompson Chain. These are, if you are going to study, they are, they are completely different Bibles. They do different things. You have to find out what it does. I, I can't tell you here. All right? Otherwise, we don't leave now. This is just by the way. It's just a side something. Number three. You need to have NIV Bible. NIV. But it's not as important as the other. But NIV. Number four, an Amplified Bible. And number five, an RSV Bible. Revised Standard Version. I have got 26 different translations of the Bible with me. Alright? So, make sure you get these are standard ones. Ha ha ha. Alright? Amen. Then, number, the next one is you need to get a strong concordance. Strong. S-T-R-O-N-G. Strong's Concordance of the Bible. That is the most comprehensive concordance of the Bible. If you have other concordances, it's fine. But the best one is concordance. Every word is in the... Jason, did you happen to bring? You didn't bring. Okay. Now, the concordance, okay. How many were at the miracle ways the last time? Were you there when I was teaching about... Uh, a new Greek word, aesteteros or so, organs of perception. Do you remember? Yes. All you have to do is when somebody is coming up with a revelation, you hear people are saying, anakazo, this, this. You just have to look at the word. If you have your strong concordance, you look for the word. If the word is compel, you go to con strong concordance and look for the word compel. By all means, Luke 14, compel will be there. When you see Luke 14, you see a number. When you speak, people will say, hey, Revelation. It's Strong's Concordance Revelation. <laughs> Amen. But you see, I am saying this, and, and there are, you see that people will not even do it. But anyway, I believe you do it. Amen. Let me not curse you before I preach to you. Hallelujah. Every, it must be your vision to own one. It is standard. Please. All these versions you must have. Somebody has stolen my Amplified Bible. The next one. You need an Oxford Dictionary. Dictionary. Without it, you can't really study the Bible. Because as you study a verse, you have to check the meaning of some of the obvious words. Write it down. Check the meaning of obvious words. 
Sometimes it looks obvious. Oh, faithful. Faithful means what? But when I check the meaning of the word faithful, when I read 2 Timothy 2, verse 2, the things that I have shared unto you, the same commit thou to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. When I check the meaning of the word faithful from the dictionary, I was surprised that it means constant. It means reliable. So I realized that the Bible is saying that the members who are constant are the members who are faithful. Did you get that revelation? When you say, is somebody faithful? When I check the dictionary meaning, faithful means constant. So I realized that a member who is constant is a member who is faithful. And the Bible says I should commit to a faithful person certain things. So I'll look for people who are constantly around and they are the ones who I will commit certain things to. And you use a dictionary to discover meanings. Because the, the Bible can be understood by English language. Amen. The next thing you need is notebook number one. Notebook number one is where you write your personal notes of Bible study and things that you are going to teach. Amen. So when you study the Bible, you will have or write down things that are your personal revelation. Amen. That God may show you as you study the Word of God. My book here, my books that you see me carrying around, are full of my personal revelations that I get from studying the Bible myself. Now, we believe in listening to tapes. But if you are a shepherd and you are going to rise, you have to study the Bible yourself. Thank God for listening to tapes. Listening to tapes is very important. But it is supposed to direct you and guide you and influence you to study the Bible yourself. You cannot just depend on what I am saying or what your pastor is saying. You must study the word yourself and have personal revelations of the word of God yourself. Otherwise, you are shallow. If you only get this thing for the whole camp, you'll be alright. Only what I'm saying now about this Bible study. If you don't take anything, only this, you get it, you'll be okay. Because you see, you go and study the word yourself. And the word will direct you. Amen. 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 Now, apart from when you study the Bible, a shepherd is someone who God speaks to. Amen. So when God tells you something or gives you a dream, write it at the back of the book. So the front are Bible study, revelations, and then the other side are things that God may tell you. God may tell you from today begin to pray. <laughs> or he may tell you other things and write them down. <laughs> Respect your heavenly visions. Respect your dreams. When God gives you a dream, God told me, respect your dream. Because he showed me how Nebuchadnezzar had a dream about someone about a, about a tree and the tree grew and it was cut and that was the whole dream so a man who has a dream which for of a tree which falls down or which is cut he wakes up in the morning and he says i've had a dream which is important 
And you have a dream, you are walking over this, you fall into that, this happens, that happens, and you don't even take any notice of it. A man saw only a tree. He didn't see anybody in there. No snake, no lion, no tiger, only a tree. And the, you, you were not even standing by the tree. There was just a tree. It was cut down. And because of that, he went to search for the meaning of this dream. When you have respect unto your dreams and revelations, you'll find how God is beginning to speak to you. Amen. And if God speaks to you, it must be in conformity with the word of God. Don't come with new revelations which are not in the word of God. You can see I am teaching you, but I am referring you to the Bible. I am telling you to study the Bible. I am telling you to, I am referring you to the rock. I am not trying to let you depend on me. I am not trying to let you believe in things that are just human. I am trying to refer you to the rock. So that you are stable, founded, established, and movable. Deep. If you don't become deep. After this, I don't know what is going to make you deep. Amen, the men. Amen, amen the ladies. Oh, ladies, amen. amen. Notebook number two is the notebook that you have when you are in church and you can make notes. So the notebook number one is to write down your own Bible studies and revelations. And notebook number two, you must have a book where you write down your uh, notes when you are being taught in the church. And if you don't write notes when somebody is teaching, nobody will write notes when you are teaching one day. Mark it on the wall. Yeah. If you behave rebellious when you are being led, one day when you are leading, people under you will be rebellious and you will just reap what you are sowing. Because I'm speaking to you as if you are rising to become pastors. Amen. Now, you must have different methods of studying the Bible. Number one, topical method. And everyone here must decide to be able to do all these different types of Bible study. So number one, is you must be able to do a topical Bible study. Topics. There are about five types of Bible study. Number one is topical. Topical. So you take a topic and we are going to do an exercise. After this, we are going to do topical Bible study. Amen. We are going to break up into groups and do Bible study to see ourselves doing Bible study without any guidance. You must be able to do Bible study. So you take, we are going to study faith. Now, somebody say, how do I study faith? I want to study, or let's say you want to study a, a very complicated word like atonement. You explain to us atonement. She doesn't even want to stand. <laughs> so how do we study what is atonement? You take your Bible. You have a Thompson chain or a concordance. Concordance is all the words. You go to A. Huh? And then you will see A. 
apartment, this, this, whatever, and then you come to AT, atonement. Then you look at atonement and see all the scriptures. Then you go to find the scripture. If you are four, I hope you are getting what I'm saying. There are four of you. You find 2 Corinthians 4, 3. You find James 5, 7. You find uh, Revelation 2, 4. And you find this. All of us, let's open. And then we are studying the topic of atonement. Are you getting that? You must be able to study the topic now. Then you come to the scriptures and then you analyze them and study them. So I'm telling you, shepherds, if you are going to be, and you must be able to do this personally. Okay, you are studying apart from prayer. You see, the lack of depth is because of a lack of study, not a lack of prayer. Yes, yes. A lack of prayer is not the thing, but a lack of study. And when I say study, I mean, I mean not what I am teaching. Because I'm going to tell you that you must become a hearing shepherd. But before you become a hearing shepherd, I want you to be a studying shepherd who studies the Bible himself. Please, 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 pastors. We, we must be able to go for meetings without any preparation. And just go, shepherds, you must be able to go to your committee and say, we are going to study uh, uh, joy. We are going to study uh, how to be happy as a Christian during Christmas. And then we start to look, let's find where the Bible talks about Christmas. Christmas. And then we go into it. And then when you have a good Bible like this, he will get, you will get places where he writes the word Christmas and he will give you some history about Christmas. How Christmas was not really a Christian festival, it's a pagan festival, this and that and that, and how some people feel that Christmas should not be celebrated or whatever. And that it could not have been the time that Jesus was born. That one too, they will show you because they said that uh, shepherds were watching their flock by now, by night, and uh, if it was winter time, how can the shepherds be out there watching their flock by night? Are you with me? Are we having church? Are you going somewhere? All right. Are you rising? Number two, the microscopic method. The first method is the topical method. Topical. Now, from topical, you will naturally fall into the microscopic. Microscope is what shows you the small things. Now, under the microscopic method, you can study only one verse of scripture. Amen. Amen. Only one verse of scripture. Now, studying is work. Studying is hard. Studying takes time. Studying also takes hours. Amen. Amen. So, you come to the microscopic, when you come to the microscopic method, you now begin to analyze verses. First, you have the whole Bible, then you have zeroed in down to this small part, a single verse. Or sometimes, a single word. So, let's take, you are studying a verse. Matthew 6, 33. Seek ye first the kingdom of God, all these things shall be added unto you. Now, let us 
study it. We, we are going to have Bible study when I close. And we are going to study telescopic. Have I got to telescopic yet? Okay, microscopic. You will just be studying one verse. No, no, nobody should help you or give you any guidelines or notes. Just you and the Bible. And the Holy Ghost. And then you look at it and say, Seek ye first the kingdom of God. How do you study microscopic? Number one, you analyze each single word in the verse. Analyze each single word in the verse. Number two, find out the meanings of each single word in the verse. Number three, look in your Bible to see any word which is referred or which has a reference and turn and find that reference. Have you got that? Number one, analyze each single word. I'm telling you, these are notes you have to have. Number two, find out the meanings from the dictionary of each single word. Have you got that? Number three is what? Look for the reference words. Because every Bible refers, like maybe then when you see the word seek, you will see it that they've written on top of it A. When you look in the margin A, they will give you other scriptures. So take time and look for those scriptures. It's not for somebody else, it's for you. That is why those A is there for you to study. And when you study, you will find out something. And it will help you, stabilize you as a Christian. And when you don't do it, you'll be shallow. And people will always be feeding you, spoon feeding you. Number four, find out the Greek and Hebrew meanings of the words. Using a, either a, yeah, best is strong concordance. So now in like our people must be borrowing concordance. Tell you, I'm coming for your strong soul. Charlie, I'm coming for your strong soul. Charlie, I want to borrow your dicks. Charlie, I'm, 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 saved. I'm trying to get 120,000, but I've got only 93,000 to buy. You see your pastor, Pastor Temple, please help me to buy a dicks bar. And Pastor Temple will say, how much extra do you need? I need 30,000. Here is 30,000. So, Strong's Concordance, so you check, when you see the word seek, I was going to bring my strong Concordance, I don't know why I didn't bring it, you see the word seek, and when you look seek, you go to the Bible, the Strong's Concordance, S, there's A, B up to Z, so you find S, then under S you find S, A, save, S, A, S, E, seek, so when you see seek, they will have a number there, 2489. Then you go to the back, you see that same number at the back. 2489. Hmm? You get it? And then you find the meaning of 2489. And 2489 is to say the Greek word for 2489 is anakazo. And anakazo means to compel, to drive, to force, to threaten, to persuade. 
Then you are speaking Revelation. I want to come to meetings and I'll be hearing shepherds say, uh, the Greek word is the word abladobrostos. <laughs> and abladobrostos means to be excited, to be happy, and to serve the Lord with gladness. Am I going to hear shepherds say, giving such revelations? Yes. Go deeper. When you go deep, your roots will be deep. When the wind is blowing, you just be there like that. Big trees don't fall down. It's shallow trees that fall. Amen. Then, the next thing is, you ask yourself, how many points do you have there? You ask yourself, what does this verse mean? It's a question you have to ask. Then, the next question is, what does this verse mean to me? There are two different things altogether. Maybe it means seek ye first, everybody should seek ye first the kingdom of God. Now, what does it mean to pastor in temple? It's different from what it means to Mrs. Heward Mill. To pastor in temple, Seek ye first the kingdom of God means put the kingdom of God before your clinic. That's what it means to him. Do you get the difference? Because seek ye first the kingdom of God means generally everybody should try and seek the kingdom of God. Now, what does it mean to him? It means seek the kingdom of God before your clinic. That is what it means to you. <laughs> are you there you've gone home yes so there are, these are two important questions what does it mean and what does it mean to me third question how can I apply it to my life how can I apply it to my life. And then, fourth question, how, whom can I share this scripture with? My brother, you are not writing notes. Huh? Why? You don't have what? Notebook. You have notebooks. Who doesn't have a notebook? Is there anybody else who is not writing? Give me, I will get you a notebook right now. What are you doing here if you are not writing notes? One, two, anybody else? Where are your notebooks? Or oh, they are far away. Yeah, get, get, get some. How many are you who need notebooks? Microscopic Bible study. All right. Then, the next question you have to ask yourself, is there a command for me to obey? Is there a command for me to obey? Amen. Like maybe you read, pray without ceasing. What is God telling me to do? 
It's a command. And the Lord appeared to me in a vision and spoke to me by his spirit. He said to me that I should begin to pray. When you read First Thessalonians 5, you see the thing they pray. It is because we are not respecting what we are reading and we are not taking it as a direct revelation from God. That is why you need to be praying. The, the Lord impressed upon me to pray. So I'm praying. Read the thing. You see it's right there. Pray. It's as simple as that. Don't, don't be too supernatural. Me, rarely do I get up and tell you that God has told me. Have you often heard me say, God told me? I say it, but not, if I say it, I mean it. I don't often say, God said, God said. Many things God hasn't said, I'm just doing. I pray generally and I flow. But specifically that God has told me, rarely do I say things like that. People want to be so super, supernatural. Just go into the Bible and obey it. Amen. The next thing is, you ask yourself, what is this verse? Have I asked you to write, what is this verse saying? No? You haven't read that? What is this scripture? What does it mean? Okay. Now, what, this is another one. What is the verse saying? Saying. And then number two, what is it not saying? They go together. So, the next question you will ask yourself, what is the verse saying and not saying? Okay? What is the verse saying and not saying? So far, can you help me with that? Let's take two verses. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and all his righteousness. What is it saying and not saying? We will use two verses to analyze it. What is it, what is it saying and what is it not saying? Adana, you want to help? What is it saying and not saying? Hello? Hi. Saying and not saying. Lava, what is it saying and not saying? Okay, first one. The verse says that when you seek the kingdom of God first, then you get all things. All things. Yes. What is it not saying? It's saying, okay, it's not saying that. Um, <laughs> Um, when you don't seek the kingdom of God first, you won't get the altar. It is not saying what? It's not saying that when you seek, okay, when you don't seek the kingdom of God first, you won't get all things. You are making us confused. So fine, what is it not saying? Um, it is not saying that seeking the kingdom of God doesn't mean you shouldn't have other things. It is not saying. It is saying that. It is saying that. It is not saying don't seek other things. But it is saying that seek first the kingdom of God. So it's not saying you shouldn't seek other things. Are you already having getting some Bible study right there? What else is it not saying? It is saying and not saying. Oh, why is the feedback so much now? 
It is not saying. Ah, say it please. It is not saying that you should seek the kingdom of God second or third. It is saying, seek the kingdom of God first. Now, listen, I am, this, this thing I'm teaching you about doing Bible study, it's so important because it, it looks obvious. But many obvious things are the things that people don't do. That's why they don't prosper. I am saying that, ask yourself this last question. What is the Bible saying and not saying? When you ask yourself that question, what is it saying? Because you've read it. Now, what is it saying? It is saying we should seek God first. And then after that, all things will happen. What is it not saying? It's not saying we should seek God second. Seek ye third. Seek ye finally. Some people will be seeking God at the end. Is, is it not true? Is that not what often happens? So most of the time, people are doing what the Bible does not say. I like my other friend. Amen. It is now saying, telling you something. Oh. It is now telling us what it is saying and what it is not saying. Okay. And the man said unto his servant, Go ye into the highways and the hedges and compel them to come in that my house may be filled. What is he saying? Saying, Yes. Say, you are Mr. Stand up and introduce yourself. Joe, Eugene Joe. Good. It's saying that we should go into the highway and compel the people to come in. That we should not stay in where we are. It is not saying. We should not. It's not saying that we should stay where we are and get the people in. We should rather go out and get the people, compel them to come in. Good. Good. It's not saying we should sit in the house and expect them, isn't it? It's saying we should go. Uh, Irene? It is saying that we should use any possible means. Not really, it's not saying that. It's just saying you should compel them. But it is not saying you should Just invite them. It's different from compel. When you use the microscopic method, you check the meaning of the word compel in the dictionary. You will see other words. Force, drive, necessitate, persuade, threaten. Then when you check in the, if you don't use the dictionary, you use the concordance. As a lighthouse, we are going to be borrowing concordance from now. Charlie, I need your concordance. I'm going for shepherds. Uh, I'm going for fellowship meeting. I they go check word. I won't check that word. We were a day for verse 44. Where are they can't check review. Review today. Review go for today. <laughs> Amen. As you analyze the scriptures, the meaning. The dictionary means the Greek word, the Hebrew word. And remember, when you look in the concordance, the Old Testament is Hebrew and the New Testament is Greek. So you see Hebrew section and Greek section. Old Testament verses, you go to Hebrew side. New Testament verses, you go to the Greek side. 
Amen. What is it not saying? What is it saying? Okay? All right. Then, is there a warning? In the verse for me, when you ask yourself, you will begin to see that you are realizing that there is a warning somewhere. Number four, is there a good example or a bad example? Huh? When you read Absalom chasing his father, is there a good example or a bad example? Bad example for you to avoid. So. The first one, is there a bad example for me to avoid? Is there a good example for me to follow? Peter jumped out into the... Peter jumped out into the water and he started to walk on the water, isn't it? Then he saw the storm and then he became afraid. And then he went down. Okay? Is that a good example for you to follow? What is a good example? I think the good example is that he had some faith to begin with. He had faith. And what is a good example? So the, take the risk. He said, I will not be ordinary. I will not stay in the boat. I'm moving out. Amen. He said, I wanted to come nearer to Jesus. So it's a good example is to come near to Jesus. A good example is maybe if all the shepherds are not becoming pastors, look at them in the room and say, I'm going out of, I'm going nearer to Jesus. If you won't be a pastor, me I'll be. If you won't study, I'm going. Is there a bad example? What is a bad example? That when you take that step, you should not give up. You should continue and have the faith. You should have the faith. Is there anything for me to pray about? Yeah, because after studying the Bible, there will be some things for you to pray about. Amen. Is there anything for me to pray about? Like, let's say Pastor Devon has finished reading, Seek ye first the kingdom of God. And then he's now realized, what does it mean to me? It means I must put the kingdom of God before my clinic. (laughs) You get what I'm saying? Now, the next thing, is there anything for me to pray about? You see, so he may ask himself, I have to pray about this uh, work which seems to be taking me and putting the kingdom of God second. So I have to pray about it. And so when you finish having your Bible study, then when you move to the prayer time, you already have your first prayer topic. Amen. Are you people understanding how to become a studying? It's very, very important. The rise and rise of a shepherd to become a studying Bible, a Bible studying shepherd. Amen. Have I given you, is there a warning? Is there a command? Is there a promise? All right. Is that a promise for you to believe? You are waiting for the prophet to come and say, That's it, the Lord. I see her. I see her in your life. 
she's moving to the left she's wearing white dress with blue spots there is a promise I will supply all your needs according to my riches in glory so immediately apply the promise that God God has said it right there I'm going to have a husband it's a simple you want the man of God to stand up and say hey you I see her in your life she's there take it now receive it you want that one let us be. no that one too is real it happens no doubt about it I'm not saying that it's not true it's true but I'm saying that you see those things that they come as additional breakthroughs when we have that foundation you study the weather and you realize for yourself that my God shall supply all my needs according to his riches already you are there then when you come to church the prophet comes and says I see her right now you are breaking through you, are, you have it you have it you have it says the Lord then it's a double confirmation from your Bible study in the morning so the Bible study in the morning told you that you had it and then when the prophet came he also told you that you have it but if you are so hungry to hear this incumptious if you don't take care you can eat something that you shouldn't eat you will eat when you finish eating they will tell you what was in the food I know people who have eaten two people I remember one he ate he didn't like eating rabbit and he ate and he finished eating everything my own father he finished eating the rabbit and when he told him that it was rabbit he went to the bathroom and vomited all the rabbit out <laughs> he didn't want to eat that meat at all I know another person they, when they made granite soup some people in the same apartment they are quarreled quarreled heavily he ate all the granite soup when they finished, the enemy told them that and you urinated inside this gun soup that you are eating. <laughs> no, the Bible says, the Bible says, eat not thou the bread of him that has an evil eye. It's not every food that you eat. When you are so hungry, hungry, hungry for the thing, anything that comes that you say you are sorry. She told him in, in England. In England, he told it, I've urinated inside this man of There are people who are receiving urinating prophecies. Oh, yeah. Because they are so hungry to have a word from God. And they are just receiving rubbish. Yeah long ago people told me somebody told me this somebody told me prophecy when anybody gives me a prophecy I say, god bless you thank you i put it in the cupboard it's not that that is going to make me it's not that that makes me do what i'm i receive it if you give up i receive it and then if it's happening or it confirms something that i already have i just flow with it but that is not what i'm going to use to live my life i live my life based on this bible 
I'm solid on a rock. I don't need anybody's revelation to make me go on. The Bible is good enough. If all those revelations come, I add it. Long ago, one Reverend Mister, he told me, I see that you're going to have a church in, in Nigeria, in Lagos. He told me. I said, oh, fine. I just put it aside in my... But that does not make me go inside. Lord, if he told me this about three years ago, that doesn't make me go inside the church. Then the Lord spoke to me and told me to go and start a church in Lagos. And that is when, even after that, after some months, and I remember that even what this man said. But that is not what makes me do things. You have to know, and we are going to study that one too. How not to make a mistake in being led by the Spirit of God. Amen. Alright. So, how many methods do you have? We have what? Topical method, microscopic method, now telescopic method. Telescopic. Telescopic method makes you see the thing from afar. It makes you see the thing, you know, with a telescopic view. You, so you see the whole thing from afar. From afar. A telescope is from afar. That is why you use a telescope. You want to stand far and look at the thing. Reverend Saki, are you getting that? Far and you are looking. Not in detail. When you are doing telescopic Bible study, you will often be studying something like a whole book. Maybe you are studying the whole of Daniel. So you just read. And when you are doing telescopic Bible study, you cannot use or should not use King James Version. If you want to do telescopic method, the best Bible to use is NIV or RSV. RSV, can they still make it? It's not so common these days. It's NIV that seems to be the main Bible. Now, NIV is easier to read. Or living Bible or good news, so that you get a complete idea of the whole thing. But when you are reading sometimes the King James, You can easily... How many have been discouraged when you were reading the King James before? Huh? So when you are doing telescopic Bible study, you don't have to use King James Version. Amen. Behold the land of the Chaldeans. This people was not till the Assyrian founded it for them that dwell in the wilderness. They set up the towers thereof. They raised up the palace thereof and he brought it to ruin. How ye ships of Tashish, for your strength is laid waste. The burden of Tyre, how ye ships of Tashit, for it is laid waste. No entering in from the land of Chittim, it is revealed to them. Oh. When you read it like that, cry, you realize that you are not understanding it. But you take it and start. Tell, maybe you, Isaiah, you've never understood Isaiah before. Study it telescopic way for now. Just read Isaiah. It was when I decided to do telescopic Bible study on the book of Jeremiah that I had the revelation to preach about backsliding. Because when I did a telescopic thing, then I realized that the whole of Jeremiah and the whole man is preaching about people who are backsliding. That's the general theme of that book, Jeremiah. But when you just open different parts, you may not understand what the whole thing is so long. Amen. Are you listening to me? So, telescopic Bible study. How many are going to do telescopic Bible study on your own? Have you got NIVs? 
How many have got NIV Bible? Oh, very good. How many have got King James Bible? Good. Dicks. No, you just a few. Thompson Chain. Yeah, Thompson Chain is the best for topics. If you want a, a study, flattery, lies, uh, patience, the rapture, Jesus Christ, John, James, a name, anybody, you have it. All right. The next one is character study. Character study. In character study, you study a person and you study his personality. Amen. His personality. Amen. That's why you can study David. Davidic success. Abrahamic. All those teachings, they are actually a Bible study on the person. That's all that it is. And you study the person's life. One of my favorite people in the Bible to study is David. One of my favorite people to study is Abraham. Abraham and David, their lives were very complex. So many things happened before they died. And those things are happening to us now. So there are people you can just read every day, small character. And you see Abraham, he did this, he married. He, he went to sleep with his maid. When I saw that Abraham slept with his maid, I said, hey, I have to be very careful. How, what does it mean to me? What does it mean to me? I don't want to have a maid in my house. <laughs> yeah, that's what it means to me. I don't want to have a maid in my house. What does it mean? It means Abraham slept with his uh, maid. His wife gave his maid to him. What does it mean? It means... You know, Abraham made a mistake. It means that he slept with somebody he shouldn't have slept with. Now, what does it mean to you? To me. When I found that out and I said, I was reading the Bible, I read about uh, this man Jacob. He had two wives, Rachel and Leah. Each wife had a maid. One was called Bilhah and one was called Zilpah. When I studied that, I realized that the maids were assisting the wives. Not only to cook and to clean the house, but also to have children. So it's like, when they're tired, I can't sleep with this man today. Hey, Bila, come and sleep with him tonight. I'm tired. Hey, Tommy, I'm feeling cold. Bila will say, oh, okay, thank you. Then she will come and say, Madame said I should come. Lie down, lie down there. <laughs> And Zilpa, every time they will send them go and sleep with the can't He wants it again today. Go there. I'll tell you when I read that. I I applied. I said, "What does it mean to me?" That's when I said, "I don't want to have mates in my house." I said that mate. Their assistant job, it can easily spread to other areas which are not intended. And then I began to, I went to see, I, I, at that time I was very young in marriage. And I went to see a man called Uncle James. I said, Uncle James, these are the problems that I'm having in my marriage. 
I said, he too, he doesn't have mates. He doesn't believe in any mate at all in his house. Then he told me, he said, mate, he said, service is beautiful. Anybody who serves you will become beautiful to you. Don't allow people to serve you. Then I went, I went to I went Bishop Duncan Williams and I realized there's no maid in the house. So, hey, by the word of two or more, the thing is being confirmed. <laughs> and I realized that many, that many people realize that they have in their mind that this thing is not a good thing. Amen. So, what does it mean to you? What does it mean to me? You see, when you read the Bible, the whole thing is beginning to mean something. And I was just reading about Jacob. What does it mean to me? What does it mean to you? Me, my husband is not like that. So me, my husband is very, is very, 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 very nice. And I mean, he doesn't look at people and things. I mean, he's not that type. Okay, you see whether he's that type or not. <laughs> Thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. Amen. Then when I read in the newspapers of some certain men of God, the maid, people who had stayed in the house and so on, they were accusing them, reading the chronicle, this one today, this every week because of people who have stayed in the house. I said, then this thing to Bilha and Zilpa, the same thing is being confirmed again. Amen. And when we went to the camp, they said that we shouldn't have made in our house. Anybody who has got a maid in our house is not of God. I didn't say that. I didn't say that. I have a maid in my house now. Because I have a small daughter. And it is for a short season. They are all temporary agents there. I don't look at them at all. And I'm passing, I just go straight. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Are you being blessed today? All right. So, how to study the Bible. So you've got that. How many methods do you have? Number one? Topical. Number two? Number three? Number four? Very good. So this is enough for you. Amen. Okay. So... Um, make sure that you do especially my can you do microscopic bible study huh okay let's break up now everybody move into four five people a group i want us to do microscopic bible study take a verse and then have a bible study no plan just go vote and take any verse and then microscopically analyze the verse for 10 minutes and then we come back. Everybody must contribute. Don't allow anybody to be in your group who does not contribute. Uh, no, I don't think we can meet here. Uh, just go outside for five, ten minutes. Take your Bible, do microscopic Bible study, and you come back.